0: In lightning, inspirational, inspirational. Powerfully, powerfully, refining. Powerfully, refining. powerfully refining, and unapologetically, unapologetically controversial conversations with the royal impress. impress. the entire world knows the secret of who you are. Now is the time to step into your queendom and become the royal empress that you're meant to be. One woman at a time. Conversations with the royal empress. Now Akima, she's the analytical empress. Akima, she's the empress that will challenge you. And Lakeshade Nadira, she's the Empress who tells it like it is. Now Straighten up your crown and be elevated through conversation. Conversations with the royal empress.
1: Welcome to another episode of Conversations with the Royal Empress. This is Akila, and I am joined by my co host Hakima and Lakashe Nadira. Today, we have a special guest, personal wealth expert and economist, Bahia Shabazz. Welcome to the show, Bahia.
2: Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me.
1: So our topic today is on wealth building, management, and how Black women should keep their financial affairs in order. But first, a bit about our guest. Bahia Shabazz is a wealth expert and economist She you reach your goals by holding you accountable while improving both your self-worth and net worth. She is a leader in visualizing and maximizing your growth. Bahia empowers you to clarify your goals, change your habits, and not place limits on your financial growth. She is also the author of multiple books, including bestselling Women Building Wealth. As a previous vice president of retail financial services and investments at one of the leading global financial services firm, firm, she advised individuals and small business owners how to accomplish financial goals and successfully increase cash flow through adequate strategic planning. With the psychology, African studies, and financial background, she noticed the imbalance between the various communities, but his educational path and experience continue to allow her the expertise to discuss Black economics, economic development, and group economics to obtain financial growth in communities. Bahia is also an adjunct faculty in economics at Ivy Tech College. She is also the president of Shabazz Management Group and executive director and founder of Brown Girls Do Invest. Bahia is now a doctoral candidate for the Doctor of Business Administration specializing in finance at Walden University. Woo! I know, <laughs> and there's so much more, and we'll let you talk, <laughs> and thank we you. will let you talk about all of that. Is there anything <laughs> you'd like to add to that bio? Um, no. Um, I, 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 <laughs> I thank you for reading it.
2: I love what I do. Um, more importantly, uh, making sure I help the community. Um, and discuss how to build your wealth across the board. So that is my ultimate goal, um, as as well as addressing our economics and and being inclusive in the conversation. So many times we are not included uh, for for whatever reason. So it's about educating to give us that opportunity to have a seat at the table.
1: Yes, ma'am. So my first question for you, tonight is I know that and it is something that I know that you're passionate about and that is discussing racial wealth disparities
3: mm-hmm.
1: and what is your take on why there is such disparities between the black community and other communities in the United States? Wow, let,
2: let me start by saying that uh, when I talk about this topic um, when it comes to disparity it's basically my why on what I do. Uh, What I love to do, and I'm going to tell you this, according to um, a couple of surveys, one in particular, the Urban Institute report, it states that um, as of 2013 was the last time they did the report, um, that uh, white families had about $130,000 compared to $19,000 for black families in retirement. Um, that right there speaks volumes and that's one of the disparities that drives me on how we can close that gap and when you think about why we have that disparity it has thing um, it has a lot to do with home ownership as well as um, our retirement so when it comes to home ownership a lot of when you think about it a a lot of their um, their equity that they have in their homes which they were able to Uh, purchase far in advance before us, they were ahead of the eight ball and they were able to accumulate their wealth that way. We were not able to, we were low income and we unfortunately did not have that opportunity to purchase homes. Um, in addition to the disparity has everything, as I said before, with retirement and the numbers that I gave you, the $19,000 that black families have has everything to do with the 401k, 403b in the IRA, um, the, in, the individual retirement account. So think about that. Uh, a lot of us, black women in particular, we um, we try to be safe when it comes to investing. When we finally do invest, we're so safe with it. And because we are safe, we're looking to deposit our funds into fixed accounts, in um, accounts that are going to guarantee um, uh, a percentage, such as an annuity. And when I um, worked in global with a, a particular global financial. Uh, firm, that was one of the things when I sat down in front of our community, well, I I do want to save for retirement, but I do not want to lose my money. So can you explain to me about fixed accounts? Um, And then right now, when people want to discuss uh, 401k, they feel as though they do not want to um, tamper with their net income. They feel as though if they do, Invest five percent; that they're literally going to lose five or five percent of their um, their finances. So that's the disparity: the home ownership as well as um, investing in retirement. If we can change our mindset into getting more into um, stocks, then we can possibly, you know, um, close out that gap.
1: Wow! <laughs> <laughs> I want you to just explain a little bit about the various things that you were talking about in terms of IRA. Some people don't even know what an IRA is.
2: An IRA is an individual retirement account. Um, With the individual retirement account, you can actually use that to um, invest in mutual funds as opposed to people saying that they are uncomfortable with investing in stocks, individual stocks, because they do not know where to begin. Um, If you were to sit down with an advisor, a trusted advisor, um, and, and ask questions such as uh, what is my minimum to deposit into to start out with this re- retirement account. Some um, may tell you that is nothing to start out depending on where you, where you go, um, $25, $500, where have you. But with the individual retirement account, it gives you an opportunity to um, accumulate the, um, the rate of return, a higher rate of return as opposed to a fixed Um, amount. I'm going to tell you this when it comes to um, individual retirement account and maxing it out of the $5,000. We're around the tax season right now where some people are going to get a tax refund. Um, Instead of using your tax refund to go out and purchase you a handbag or vacation think about what you can do to maximize your dollars. And one of the ways you can do that, of course, is to pay off any um, unwarranted um, debt that you may have. But in addition to that, of course, deposit into an individual retirement account. And basically, is your retirement account outside of your 401k or your 403b or 457 plan, depending on where you, where you work. I like to uh, encourage people to look at individual retirement accounts in addition to what you have with your employer. For one, um, with your employer, of course, um, deposit, uh, I'm sorry, contribute toward that account, especially if your uh, your employer um, matches what you are going to put in the first, for example, 3%. Try to maximize that as well as... Um, Uh, max out or contribute toward your IRA. You think about how you can use every bucket that you can. When we talk about multiple streams of income, of course, outside of working, you think about your multiple streams of investing. So where can you invest your money is where I like to put it. With the individual retirement account, it's just that individual is not joint So you may be married or you, you know, have a spouse or a loved one and, and you may want to pull him or her along as well and say, Hey, put your name on this account and we can have it together. That's not what an individual account is. A retirement account is strictly that individual. It has everything to do with you. So you sit down and you go over what your needs are, what your wants are, what your vision is for your retirement. How do you want that to be? So those are some some questions that you should um, answer when it comes to an advisor um, so that he or she can put you in the proper um, retirement account. Because of course, depending on how you answer the questions, it can can be any account from conservative, balanced, um, moderate, um, as well as aggressive. The older you get, the less aggressive you are. I, on the other hand, I'm consistently aggressive. I want my money. I want my money to work with me. And I understand (laughs) the more aggressive I am, the more I may possibly lose. But I'm going to tell you this. I love what I do. And I do not plan on retiring anytime soon. So... I'm going to put that money in there, you know, and ride the roller coaster. And for those who get the the butterfly when it comes to investing, I ask people all the time because I did mention roller coaster. uh, Have you ever gone to Six Flags or any other local um, amusement park? And if you say yes, you know how it feels when you get on, on a ride, especially the front, you put your hands up and they say, keep your hands inside the ride. Don't stick them out, Um, enjoy yourself, and you're going up and down, up and down, up and down, but you know nothing's going to happen to you, theoretically, unless you jump off, and that's the same thing when it comes to investing. You just want to enjoy the ride. When people um, freak out and they say, well, you know, the, the stocks aren't doing well. Um, my, I, I looked at my portfolio and my individual retirement account and by here, I lost a couple hundred dollars and sometimes maybe even thousands. Fine. Um, did you lose all your money? No. Let me, let me give you a different approach then when it comes to your individual retirement account or your 401k. Think of it like this. When it dips, it's on sale. Get more. Get more. Think about it. If you If you were shopping at Macy's, and, and you wanted to buy yourself a pair of Levi's and those Levi's were $50. And you're like, I don't know if I wanna spend $50. I only have $40 in my pocket. I'll come back next week and I'll buy two pair. Now you have $100 in your hand, you, you're back at Macy's. Um, the pants are now on sale um, and they're no longer you know $50. They're down to $25. Now you can get four pair, right? They're on sale, you get more. Um, never tried them on, and I'm, and I'm using fashion because hey, we, you know, we, we love fashion. You buy four pair instead of two pair. Um, you, you never tried it on. You went home, you finally tried them on, they do not fit. You wait a couple of weeks, you go back, salesperson says, well, you know, um, I, can, I can take them back for you, do you have the receipt? I lost my receipt. What do they do? They give you whatever the price is at that time. The sale is no longer there. It's now $50 a pair. You came up. Now, now that's $200 for, for a pair. And you're like, oh my goodness, I just made money because I bought something on sale. Same thing when it comes to the market you're dipping. So that's those are the analogies that I like to think of when it comes to investing um, and, and making sure that you do use everything um, that you have.
1: Now I feel like I have less fear.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You know what, it's It's not not as scary as you, as you think it is. I'm going to tell you the, the fear comes from the unknown. And when we think about our money, our finances, we think about our, our retirement, everything focused on when it comes to retirement, money, money, money. But you have to think about some things when it comes to money. There's more than just money. You have to think about your values. You have to think about your habits. You have to think about your accountability. And Akila, you have to think about the fear as well. What are you fearful of? You know, why are you holding that money um, so tight? And, it, and, and, and you, when you think about, when you start really breaking down the fear of your money or those who spend money frivolously, why do they do that? And it has everything to do with our upbringing. When you start tapping into that, you will see a lot of things because I've sat down with people, including myself. Um, we are basically our parents' children. How was your upbringing when it came to your money? When you viewed your parents, when they handled their money, did they disclose what a dollar really meant, or did, or were you one of those households like mine? When I would ask my parents for something, they would say no, and I would ask why. They said, "Because I said so." <laughs> they didn't. <laughs> they didn't explain to me um, why not, why not, and and those those fears, those concerns. I actually brought with me into adulthood. And that was one of the things, and I know you brought up the book, uh, Women Building Wealth, and that was one of the things that I talked about in the book, Women Building Wealth. Um, and wealth is an acronym for wholeheartedly encourage activity leading to happiness.
3: Mm. So Say, many, that one again. Say that again. Say wholeheart- that again. Wholeheartedly,
2: <laughs> wholeheartedly encourage activity. Leading to happiness. Love it. That's wealth. Don't put so much emphasis on monetary, meaning wealth. Whatever you do every day, that's going to lead to your wealth. Health is wealth. Mm-hmm. The way you think about yourself is wealth. One of the things that I discussed in um the first chapter is acceptance. And I personally had to accept um my situation when it came to money that I was committing financial abuse that a lot of women do. We commit financial abuse against ourselves because we are not accepting who we truly are.
4: You've made some very um, profound um, comments, particularly when you talk about the abuse, just most recently, you also mentioned the fear and also when you talked about how we play it safe, specifically amongst um, black women,
3: mm-hmm. and
4: all of those three things they really resonated with me for different reasons. Um, what I would like to know is when you are dealing with a client who plays it very safe. And you did kind of touch on it just a little bit. But when you're dealing with someone who plays it safe, and oftentimes it's because of the fear that they have, the fear of the unknown. And like you mentioned, um, just the way in which we've been raised and we've been indoctrinated with particular, a particular belief. And many times it is scary because this is all we know. You know, we were taught that money don't grow on trees and a mm-hmm. whole lot more came with that. So we have a tendency to grip our hand very tight when it comes to letting go of that so-called almighty dollar. I, I really want to, um, would like for you to maybe share, do you have tactics that you might use to kind of soften up people and help them to really understand how powerful that dollar really can be if they did just release some of these fears that they have. Because what I've come to realize is that just from my experience with investing and, you know, conversations that I've had when I've even um, attempted to get someone to invest in some projects that I might be working on. What I come to realize is that a majority of the people that I, um, ended up engaging in conversation with around the subject of investing, they really had a scarcity mindset. They were not only just fearful, which, you know, scarcity definitely comes from fear, but they really looked at the dollar as if, like, if I have a dollar and I give you 10 cents, that's going to leave me with 90 cents. And then you know I'm gonna have to figure out. Like with me, I've always been a risk taker. I just have, you know, I I just I'll jump into something because I look at it, and, and I'm not saying that this is the best way, but I look at it. Well, heck, if I got a dollar and that's all I have, you know, it's not necessarily that's all I have, but this dollar might be able to. If I have a dollar and it's hot outside, put it like that. It's hot outside. I'll say hot because right now in the Chicago land area it's cold. So. And I want an ice cream cone, you know, to just kind of cool me down. The, wor- the value in that ice cream cone or that lemonade for me is more than what the dollar can get me, you know, just keeping it in my pocket. So I look at the value that's attached to what I actually can receive from actually being able to invest because in my, my mind, it's still an investment. I was able to quench my thirst. I was able to, you know, get... Um, cool just for a moment and i didn't have to be hot or at least it didn't make me seem like i was so hot so with all that being said what are some tactics that you use when you're working with clients who you know have the scarcity mindset well i I do thank you i I appreciate um the
2: question Um, one of the things that i do start out with is um for one I've always, I was always told when you close your hand, nothing can get in and nothing can go out. You are truly walking around with a closed hand. Um, and, and, and it's so funny, you said money does not grow on trees because I say this all, all the time. Um, and I also said this recently, money may not go on tree, grow on trees, but we can plant the seeds for our financial future yeah um so in in planting those seeds, we're going to have to get out out of our comfort zone. One of the things that you um you said as an example was um, purchasing ice cream when you are um, um, hot or that's what you have a taste for. but we have to change our mindset and i and i and and get people to realize that is not always a tangible good that's going to reward you. They people want to there are a lot of people that say well if I, I, I if i don't feel it if i don't see it then it's not going to happen. But at the same time that's not what hope is. You know, you 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 don't you that's not what a vision consists of. So i, I like to use examples when when i get people to get out of their fear of investing. I'm not the typical person that's going to sit down and say, "Okay, well, yeah, we'll just do this and do that. I want you to honestly think about it. We're gonna have a conversation, especially if you are a parent or you have loved ones. So think about this. I always ask people, how often do you have a financial conversation with yourself i'm not I'm not talking about, oh, I'm going to the club when I get paid or something's on no how often do you have a financial conversation I mean dig down and dirty with it and you, you before you get before you even receive your your income you are sitting down and you're planning everything to the penny this is where I see my money I want my money to be placed in this particular account I am going to live according to the 50 the 30 the 20 rule um, you know as, as they like to say um, um, Fifty percent to your for your needs, twenty percent towards savings, and thirty percent toward um, your your wants. Which I personally have a problem with. That we're going to talk about that later, because um, because I don't think that we should have fifty uh, percent going uh, toward um, your your needs and and thirty towards your wants and twenty towards your savings. I have an entire different vision. But what I do ask people all the time is. Do you feel comfortable with your actions right now? And if they tell me yes, and and then I ask them, do you feel comfortable possibly being homeless in 20 years? And it may be drastic, but you have to think about this. If you continue making the financial decisions that you are making right now, you will not be able to properly support yourself in the future. Not only that, Because we are responsible, not just for us, but for our family, and for most of us, our community, you're teaching the ones around you how to be homeless too. Have that mindset as well. We have to learn to live by example. And what I mean by that is, let's say, I'm gonna use us as an example, and this is a conversation I truly have with my husband. He and I, we had, we at one time handled things very differently when it came to our finances. Um, But we always have the talk, the talk every weekend, um, (laughs) where we we are going to put our money, where is it going? And we involve our son as well, who will be 18 next month. Um, And so when, when I didn't want to grow up saying to him, um, when he asked me something, why can't I have anything because I see it so, cause I started at one time, but then I thought about it. I'm leading him down this road that my parents led me. Hmm. So I said, we have to invite him into these conversations, which is what we had to start doing now, getting out of our comfort zone and being accountable of what we are going to do. When, when you're having this conversation, With people, and you want them to invest, and they're like, Well, I don't know because I only have a dollar, and you want me to give you 10 cents. Well, most people ties or they give offerings or whatever it is that they want to give. Why can't you give to yourself? When I tell people all the time, when you create your budget, you should be at the top of that budget, just like your mortgage is. It should be your mortgage, it should be pay yourself next, which is whatever it is your retirement, your savings account. And go on so on and so forth but the reality is a lot of people are uncomfortable with it and we have to get people to understand that your rewards is not are are not always tangible you are when you when you see your account you know that for, for most of us who are, if not all of us who are on the phone, we've had our savings account as well as our investments account, and we may have had automatic um, contributions going into it and just forget about it. A um, couple of months later, we look at it we're like, oh my God, I never even thought about it. But see, now you're visualizing it. And we have to sit down and have these uncomfortable conversations, which is what I do to address the issues of people who do not want to invest have these uncomfortable conversations i pull out the statistics on the difference of um, ethnicities as well as genders and i ask them why not you why not you why can't you contribute it doesn't matter if it's five dollars a week if you can spend money on that ice cream even though you were thirsty or you or you you were hot Hunger, oh, my oh, my God, don't get me started. <laughs> I'm not even a Starbucks star queen, but I went in there. I, now, now I'm getting sidetracked, because I'm going to tell you this. We've <laughs> been on vacation one day, and, uh-huh. um, one, one, one month, rather. And I told my husband, I said, look, you like to travel. We can't keep getting on planes all the time. Let's do road trips. When I grew up, mm. I'm going to tell you, I didn't know that we were poor. I didn't. Because my parents knew how to manage. And of course, they said, because <laughs> yes. I said, so you can't have anything. But at the same time, they put money to the side. We took road trips. We camp. We, we fish every weekend. We did all of that. So I told my husband, I said, look, um, we're going to have to take a road trip. We took a road trip. We were driving. You know, it took us, it took us like 16 hours. So it was my turn to drive. And I said, I'm tired. I went to Starbucks. I was overwhelmed. And I was like, can I have a small coffee? They were like, no, we have tall, we have this. So this. And, then, and, then, and then when they told me how much it was, and it was like almost $6, I said, $6, that was not in my budget, because we budget to the T.
3: Mm-hmm. We
2: budget to the T. But to answer your question, I sit down and I lay out statistics, and I talk about things that are intangible, because your wealth... Is intangible your health is intangible your peace of life is intangible and we have to make sure that we are moving forward in our best interest because we have to lead by example and we have to make sure that at the end of the day we take care of ourselves idealistically we do want to we want our children to um, have open arms and open doors and say look when you reach a certain age uh, we'll be here to take care of you but we need to still make sure we look into the long term care, long term care insurance. Uh, we need to make sure we have life insurance, not GoFundMe accounts. We need to make sure <laughs> that. <laughs> no, seriously, it, it breaks That's my heart true. to see this because again, we don't yeah. want to have this conversation. I have conversations mm-hmm. like this even with people in my family, and they say, "No, by here, I don't want to talk about death."
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, well, we don't have to. Let's talk about life. Let's talk about celebrating. Life when that person less less. How are we going to celebrate that person's legacy? Mm. And that's another what. That's another reason why we have that disparity. You you have people in other ethnicities come in with checks of two hundred thousand dollars, and you're wondering how they were able to start a business or how they paid cash for their graduate school. Well, all the grandkids had a life insurance policy on grandma. And they were able to use that money in their best interest. And that's what we have to learn to do. And not walk around, as I like to say, being broke ballers. Stop putting so much emphasis on material things. No, seriously, think about this. (laughs) <laughs> Broke ballers, I like that. Broke ballers, Now think about this. We spend a trillion dollars, not a million, not a billion, a trillion dollars. A trillion. Just thinking well. we take our resources and instead of them pulling at our purse strings and saying, look, we're going to market toward this community and, and truly understand not only our buying power, but our ability to pull ourselves up and work together we can really do so much with, within our community and our households and take care of ourselves as well. So I know it can be frustrating, um, I can to uh, talk to somebody who does not want to invest, but I, I'm telling you, I spend countless hours in front of people, um, and even if it's just one individual, and just educating, and that's more important than anything, even if they never sit down with me for another year, I have planted the seeds in them to actually research and self-educate themselves on the fact that they can invest. And It is not as scary as you think it is. What's fearful is the unknown, and the unknown is not knowing what to do. That is a problem when it comes to investing, not knowing, which is another reason why I created the nonprofit organization brown girls do invest and we literally have telephone conferences webinars and we travel this this country we sell out everywhere we go the need is there we want to to do better and we want to overcome those fears and once we are um uh, once we receive that knowledge we can do that and it's one step at a time and it's me holding your hand and you holding her hand and saying look sis we can do this together so that's that's
3: that's that's how we do it
4: hmm. fantastic
3: so, so i have a two-part question for you sure uh the first part of my the first uh part of my question is do you think that our, as black people our individual view of investing affects is affected by a lack of of a vision of a community of our community building wealth together it just seems like we don't have an individual view of the importance of investing but we also don't have it as a community as well i I won't have a two-part question i'll just let you answer that i'll I'll ask my second question at a later time but what do you think about that as as far as comparison to other groups
2: oh absolutely We, we we don't um, do it individually um, if you don't do it think about it, if you if you're not an advocate for yourself how can you be an advocate for your community right. so we, we that's why it's so important for us to sit down and know um, find out what we need to do and and not only that to understand the importance we need to go back to what we did um, decades ago when after 1865 we finally all of us found out that we were free. And one of the first things that um, the conversations um, that we have—I'm reading a book right now by um, Zora, yeah, your uh, Zora, okay, Zora her. <laughs> Um I love her as, an, as a writer. She wrote uh, Um and I love it. Is be- I, the one of the reasons why I love it is because it's giving the story from our perspective and no one else. And he was one of the last of the individuals to come over from, from Africa. And um, and I mentioned him because he remember hearing that they were free. And one of the things they said was, what are we going to do now? We don't have any land. We don't have anything to do. Uh, we don't have any resources. So they, and we can't go back to Africa because when they went to the previous slave owners um, about sending them back to Africa, they said, no, we're not going, you're gonna to have to work for your money if you want to go. Well, they worked hard. But see, that was the mindset back then that we need to build together. So in order for us to build together, I'm going to help you. We're going to build our homes in, in, in this, this particular community. I'm going to get the wood. You're going to get the nails. You're going to fetch the water. We're going to do everything together. But see, this is where I think the disconnect comes in. When we build everything together, someone else comes in and, and, and knocks it down. It, it's, it's, you know, it's like the, the, the kid who doesn't know how to play. Like your Legos are, are, <laughs> are bigger than mine, bam, seriously. Mm-hmm. When you think about the various uh, wall, Black Wall Streets
1: mm-hmm. and
2: all the other communities, it's like we don't want you to be part of what we're doing. Go do your own and when it's done, it's knocked down. And I think every time that's done, it takes, a, it, it takes something away from us where we don't mm-hmm. think that uh, we can, we're capable as well as why should I continue is going to be knocked down. Mm-hmm. But, I, but more importantly, we need, we need to make sure that we are educated on what we want and we are going to do what it takes individually to bring it to a community together and get all the naysayers and the self-doubters um, out the way. So I, 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 to answer your question, it does have to start individually in order for the community to do it together because we, we, we have to um, do it collectively in order to move forward. Um, and we have to be on one agenda. And that's what a lot of um, other ethnicity, ethnic, uh, ethnicities have. They're on one agenda.
3: Yeah. Yeah. When you
2: think about, Um, Chinatown and Jewtown, as they call it, Greek town, everyone's on one agenda. They, when, when, when something happens in the United States, we're like one of the biggest communities that complain because we know it's going to affect us directly. Mm -hmm. You don't hear a lot of other people complain because they have their own economics and because they have their own economics, they come together and they say, look, in order for you to want something from us, to receive something from us, this is what you have to do for us. We don't have that, so it's going to take some time for us to get together. To be honest, in my personal opinion, I think we're getting there slowly but surely. I think it's getting to the point where we're just tired,
3: mm-hmm. and
2: and we we don't always want to be inclusive. Not to say that we want to divide ourselves from everybody, but why can't we have ours as well? Um, but I think we're, we're starting to come to, to, to come to that point where we want to know how to get to the next level as well. And not only get to it, but maintain it, make it grow, and leave it as a legacy for generations to come. We need to stop buying things that are meaningless, meaningless and buying things and giving it away um one of the reasons and i say that from a personal point of view my mom who's a homeowner she has a couple of homes and she's thinking about you know she's retired and she says "Well, by here i don't know if i can keep doing this i i think i i'd rather just stay um in a little condominium and just sell my homes no why would you do that for one you worked hard you raised us in these homes leave it to us so we can continue to pass it down and we honestly had a family meeting not just with us but we chose which grandchild is going to get it after us as well
3: mm, okay wow
2: so and and proactive and exactly because think about it that's that's how a lot of other ethnicity, ethnicity, uh, ethnicities do they leave True. they leave things over mm-hmm. to each other we don't that's one of the things we do not do so we actually had that conversation as well. And I can't sit here and, and encourage people to do things that I'm not willing to do, which is have financial conversations and overcome financial fears and being held accountable and changing my personal habits as well to discontinue the financial abuse. Because I was, I was the, the woman who said, well, you know what, I don't have to invest now. I have years to do that. And I was the woman who purchased everything and my cars and and my clothing items because I Mm -hmm. looked like the part and I other people's opinions were more valuable than what I thought about myself. And once I knocked that wall down, I was able to uh, progress in life as well and share my thoughts and as well as my expertise with others. And that's what we need to do. Stop basing our life on what other people feel toward us, their perception toward us, and what we need to do in our life as well. And same thing with with our community. One of the, as I said before, they market toward us because they know that we're going to go out and purchase those Nikes. Why purchase them when you can be an owner? If you're gonna mm-hmm. own a pair of Nikes, you need to own one share of Nike.
4: At least. Absolutely, at least. absolutely.
2: And that's a conversation that I've, I've had. We, we've, my husband and I have had, with our son. He wanted to, he's never been into all the name brand, but he's been investing uh, for a few years now. And and he said, Well, mom, I want a pair of Jordans. I'm like, Jordan's why? You
3: Jordan wasn't even playing. You weren't
2: even born when Jordan was around. What the what? <laughs> so once we had that conversation, you know, I said, No, just make me a list of of 10 10 items that you use. Now he didn't he didn't have any gadgets. Um, so he was like, I don't know what to, what to write down. I said, go to school, look at your friends. Tell me what they have. on. tell me what gadgets they have. And he did. And so we started looking things up and I, and, and some of the things he told me, I said, okay, they don't, they're not on uh, the market. So you cannot invest in that company. So, um, there were quite a few that he was able to, I said, so now read some articles about those companies. Don't just look at the performance. Don't look and tell me how much the share is. Read some articles, research, and see if that's what you want to invest in and where it's going. And that's what we've been doing ever since with him. And I believe that's what we need to do as well. There's such a market out there for us to invest. And one of the first questions people ask, where do I go? What do I do? Well, look within our own community. Where do we go as a community? We go to Walmart. As you say, we go to Starbucks. Brother down the street, we already know he got a Nike. Nine times out of ten, I drank the Kool-Aid. I got an iPhone, finally. Um, so we, those are the things we we invest in <laughs> to 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 start so that we do un- uh, overcome the fear of being uncomfortable because we do not know. But start with where you are.
4: You know, you, you hit on a lot of points, again, that I think are extremely important, you know, for our listeners. Um As well as for us, that's, you know, on the, the conversation, because we do all have children. And having a conversation, the right type of conversation with our family, particularly our children, is extremely important. Like you mentioned the conversation, you know, having with your son, which can you imagine if more conversations were taking a place around the table with our children, you know, in the same manner in which you did, what actually, what that would create. Because now when they go back with their friends, I mean, I can just speak even from my own experience. My son, I even listen sometimes when I hear him on the phone, you know, I'm listening to what he's talking about sometimes. And it's, it's very different from maybe two years ago mm-hmm. because he really become more focused about his future. Said something, um, a few weeks ago when we were talking, he came to me, he was like, um, you know, Ma, I was just wondering, do you think, um, is $10,000 enough for me to, you know, get a piece of property, you know, you know, and, and help you out and work with you? And I was like, well, I had to stop for a moment. I said, well, in a, a, a voice, I said, well, do you have $10,000? And he was like, well, I'm just asking, you know, and, you know, pretty much maybe by the spring I should. And I said, okay. I said, well, really, whatever you have right now, I'm sure that's enough. Let's, let's kind of talk about that. He was like, no, I'm going to wait. You know, I set my goal. That's what I want to do. But just to be able to have that conversation, I was able to break down some things, you know, to him on his level where he understood. And he was like, wow, that's pretty cool. He was like, okay, well, yeah, that's exactly what I want to do. I want to do it like that. So when I heard a conversation that he had with one of his friends, You know, they were talking about girls, but he was like, well, you know, I don't have time for that. I'm just not on that right now. He's like, I have to go and stack this money, he said, because that's just not my focus, man. He's like, I got to be able to make a way for myself in the future. And even though he has a lot to still learn, it was just good for me to be able to hear Mm -hmm. that he's taking some of the information, you know, some of the things that I'm suggesting that he reads. And he's listening. You know, exactly. but being to him on his level. Exactly. So when you talk about well, what are your people wearing? Oh, they're wearing these shoes. Or my son used to be so into that stuff. He really was for a moment, but not anymore because he's like, shoot, wait a minute. You know, he's talking more about socks. And so I'm like, this is really good. And, but imagine if we could all do it more. Exactly. Exactly. But do you, but see, do you, as a mom, as
2: a parent, you I know that's a proud moment, but more importantly, not just with your son, with each and every one of us. That's what what I'm talking about. The mindset shifts when you are armed with knowledge and the, the conversations that you had before are not the same conversations that you engage in. It's not too late for us as well as our generations and the generations to come to change the way we see things and not define value in material possessions and, and, and possibly tangible possession. Now, a home is a great tangible possession. And I'm loving the fact that he has this vision and you are engaging in a conversation with him so that when he does reach a certain age, he knows what to do. Now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about this. One of, the, one of the things in order for us to address the problem is for us to know what the problem is. So we honestly have to sit down and think about what is going on in our community, and particularly with Black women. And and I say Black women because not only are all of us on this call Black women, but let's, let's face the fact that. For the most part, we are the decision makers, whether we want to have that responsibility or not. When we move, everything moves with us. We move, everything moves, and we have to understand the power that we have from our words, to our touch, to, to the fashion that we wear, our beliefs, how we, just, how we drive every value that we have. I want, to, I want to say this to you as a parent, and especially since your, your son is really adamant about getting himself together. And this is something that Akilah and I have spoken about um, before. And with, with, when I sit down with students, because I educate from 12 years young all the way up to 112 years young, Now for us, it's a little different because we are already in the mindset of, I can't save, I can't save. So now I have to convince you that you actually can save and I have to start you out with a comfortable amount. Now with your son on the other hand, let's get him now. This is what I want you to do. When it comes to our children, let's educate them to save 50% of their income and when i first had this conversation with a the parent they were like 50 that's a lot to whom
3: <laughs> to,
2: to a child or a young adult who is just starting out that's nothing because they don't know where to start so if they're if they're netting 500 and they're putting 250 away and then they are um um enjoying life on the other 50 percent, why not we have to teach them to honestly put away 50%. Now for my son who's been doing it since 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 the beginning of time, because he's always DJ'd and, and last year he had his first um, job punching a clock as a lifeguard. He never spent any of his checks except for one. That child has, I mean, he his his savings account is ridiculous. Now I'm gonna tell you this. This is this is his goal. After he finished with college, he already knows what he's gonna do. We're gonna put him in this program. Um, that he is going to earn $90,000 a year. So his net is going to be 65. So we invited him. Now, this is one of the things that a lot of parents don't do because ha- I have conversations even with him in front of his friends and their parents. And they say, oh, once he turned 18, they out, they out. That's not us. Because what we do is we set our, we set our young ones up for failure.
4: Failure, nice. They,
2: they don't know what to do they barely know how to make ends meet and society makes it seem as though once they turn 18 it's a light switch and they know everything to do no i'm almost 50 years old and i'm still learning stuff in life so what we told him and he has agreed on to do he will only live off of 15000 a year he has nothing to do there will be no rent to be paid he already will have a vehicle that he'll be paid that will that he will pay cash for there are no other responsibilities. He's actually mm. on my credit card as an mm. authorized user because my credit score yay is great. <laughs> so okay. to help out to help out our son to help build his credit, he's on there. I've already explained to him even though you have access to one of these cards and you see you have thousands of dollars on it, you are to spend no more than 25% of this card because they're looking at the 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 debt to the limit ratio, which uh, severely impacts your credit score. So he's already on that. So he will only live off of $15,000. What he does with that $15,000, he wants to go hang out with his friends, buy clothes, do whatever. The $50,000 goes into his savings account. The goal is for him to live with us for the over three to five years. So if he chose three years, that's $150,000 he has saved up when he leaves out this house he's already started looking into franchises. He found one a franchise that just started off with the franchise, $10,000 and that's not including the annual fees. So he's already, his, his goal is to, is to franchise, even though we don't even eat, I'm vegan. We don't even eat McDonald's. But he, <laughs> I'm going to get three McDonald franchises mm-hmm. and I'm going to do this, that and the other. And I'm, and I'm staying home with you and dad for so many years. So we have to plant those seeds mm-hmm. in our children. And that's part of the legacy that we are leaving for mm-hmm. our children. So when your son and I'm so excited that he is looking into purchasing property and he can do everything from flipping to rehab, foreclosure, tax mm-hmm. lien. I mean, right now he can even get, he can even own a lot. There are so mm-hmm. many lots in Michigan and in the area of Detroit where they be purchasing lots for $500. And, mm. and think about this, I had someone purchase, I know someone, I'm sorry, who, who owns a lot um, in, in, um, in the area. Um, there was a gas station, there is now a gas station on that lot who wanted to be there. So they leased out the lot they owe and they are collecting tens of thousands every month from this gas station. And they only spent a few hundred dollars on this lot. But they won't, they won't relinquish, relinquish uh, the lot to them. And rightfully mm-hmm. so, they should not because, I mean, look at the money that they are earning on it. So I believe that we should start having these conversations with ourselves, with our girlfriends, with our husbands, with our children at least every week, what are your financial goals? What are you going to do? Um, how are you going to get there and continue to check in? And not just mm-hmm. say, hey, how much do you have in your account? Now I'm a stalker. i own my son's accounts, all of them. <laughs> okay, what, what do you have? Okay, where you know you did what? Where did you go for the? Oh, mom, I spent this uh, from my account. Well, why did you take it from your account when you have money in your pocket? Because dad told me a man should always have money in his pocket, so I didn't want to take <laughs> money out of my pocket. Okay, fine, as long as you don't from the take- account. <laughs> so, but see, again, these are the seeds that we are planting. Because again, as I said before earlier on this um, during this conversation, how we are right now is a result of our upbringing. If yeah. we spend money all the time if we use the phrase because you can't have it because i said so or if you are frugal it's, it's a result of what we witness from our parents and so Absolutely. that's that's what i would love for us to do as um influential women to do in our community as well as our family as well
4: yes and, and god willing you know we um just through this conversation that we're having here um, with conversations with the royal empress this will inspire other parents other mothers other fathers to continue the conversation with their children thank you for what it is that you do because this is the type of work that really is like the gasoline that kind of gets the car to move so that it can not just sit on the lot you know, and that's that money just sitting there on the lot, <laughs> not doing anything with it. Mm-hmm. Well, you have to get the car, you have to get the keys and start the car and then you got to get it moving. And that's that engine, you know, being able to share with the listeners, you know, the different strategies as it relates to investing.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: It's not just letting it sit in a savings account, it's not just letting it just sit. It's about taking it and what are you going to do with that dollar so that you
1: can Absolutely yeah, I wanted to um, address what we talked about in the very beginning when I introed, and that 's about the financial uh, financial one1 <laughs> for us because so many black women are right now we're leading households talk about our how to keep our financial affairs in order, and that's everything and a brief one one lesson okay um, for for one.
2: Um, I want you to recognize myths. Um, and that starting out with, uh, I have to earn more money in order to save money in order to uh, become rich or wealthy. Um, ad- address all myths that you've heard. Um, you do not have to be rich in order to save. Um, when it comes to saving, as I said before, put something to the side. You would be amazed at how that will accumulate. Um, and, and, and I did briefly mention, because someone may ask or wonder, well, what is a proper amount to, to save? I have no idea. Um, at this point, of course I said 50%. I would love for you to do that. But let's start out with at least 20%. 20% of your, your income. Um, your your net income of saving. And the best thing that you can do for yourself is to set up um, automatic contributions as opposed to saying, well, I'll just take the money out of my pocket because it may not make it to your savings account because you're gonna see something that's on sale. And until you learn how to address um, your lack of discipline, you're going to walk around with that $500 handbag and only have $5 in there. You should not have a handbag that's more than what you have inside of your bag. Um, And learn how to, the third thing I want you to do is, uh, first, address all myths, second, to save 20%. The third thing I want you to do is to invest. Take advantage of what your employer has for you whether it's a 403B, 401K, 457. And if you do not um, know how much to start out with, ask your employer, what's the matching contribution? And if they say, well, 3% is the matching contribution, but start out with that. Start out with that. Um, If your employer does not have it, or you're an entrepreneur, you you don't have access to um, an employer-based retirement fund, that's when you can go and and open up your IRA so you can maximize your retirement. Um, One of the things that I do want, and I'm all about challenges, not like, oh, if you don't do it, then oh, well. But challenge yourself to do this. Every month I do a spending cleanse. And what that consists of, I do not spend one dime for an entire week. Not for one week. So. I already, again, remember I said we have conversations in our household every Thursday or Friday anyway. So we set ourselves up and say, okay, you know what? It's the third week of the month. We're not spending anything, so you need to make sure gas tank is full. If you're you're traveling, you need to make sure that you already have the money in your pocket. The bills already need to be paid. We're not touching the checking account at all. We're not going out to eat. We're not getting that Starbucks. You're not spending anything for the rest of the week. Um, The next thing I want you all to do, which is the last thing, one day a month when you go and because most people shop every monthly, but at least choose one time where you are actually out shopping and you catch a sale. There's a sale somewhere, Marshalls, wherever you want to go, and you have $100 in your pocket. And you say you're spending $100 just for that sale. And just so happen you only spend. 45 because that one item was on sale. So how much do you have now? $55. I want you to take that difference and put it into your savings account. That's a true savings. Mm -hmm. That's what we need to start doing. Don't just walk out the door and say, yeah, I saved $55. And next thing you know, you're going to have brunch with mimosas and everything else. (laughs) No. Take that $55 and put it into your savings account and watch it accumulate. That's what I want us to start doing. Mm I'm going
3: to do that. I like that Thank challenge. You. I'm gonna be <laughs> Thank there. you. Thank you.
2: That's what th- those are my, my thoughts um, as far as us to reflect
1: back to the beginning of our conversation, Akilah. Okay. And, and challenge accepted. Thank I, I, you. I, yeah. That spending cleanse every month. We're doing it now.
3: Yeah, <laughs> one I week, like just that. one week just one week each
1: month one week out of the month exactly, exactly. and you yeah. and you know what you would be amazed how much money
2: you save mm. because I'm going to tell you I I go everywhere I don't care plane train automobile I'm always on the road and there are times when I'm sitting and I'm waiting for a client and I will just pop in knowing I do not need this green juice or I do not need. no, seriously, yeah. or or this umbrella because I think it's cute and it, it matched a pair of shoes that I have. And this thing I know, I'm spending and I'm coming in the house and it takes my son to, to bust me. I was like, mom, what do you got in the bag? I'm like, don't worry about it, child, I'm the adult. But knowing I, should not have, <laughs> knowing I should not have purchased and then I'm looking at the receipts because what I do is I have a habit, I'm not going to say a bad habit. I have a habit and it, it irritates my husband because he, he does not like clutter. I will pile my receipts up. And I will look and I keep my receipts and it could be three months later. I will look at my Mm. receipts and I'm looking and I would ask myself, have I even used this item? And if I did Mm. not, I highlight it and then I start adding up and I'm like, look how much money I wasted. I haven't even used this in three months and I'm wasteful. So, so that's, that's another reason why I started the the cleanse because I wanted to stop being so wasteful with my money and start applying it toward places. Um, I'm sorry, accounts where I knew it was going to maximize my future. I know my son loves me, but I know he, he, he doesn't want me to live with him when I retire and I can't, you know, um, take care of myself. No, I want to make sure I enjoy life. And another way for me to do it is to make sure I eradicate every expense I have my we were having a conversation recently that he wants to retire soon if you do the house has to be paid for I don't want us to have any debt whatsoever none none so we want to and and we, we want a vacation we can when we retire and a lot of people think about that they cannot afford to retire they have to work forever Which is another way for us to close out that that disparity gap as well but a lot of us we do uh, we figure as though we're going to work for another 40 years after we should (laughs) retire and many of us do because we were not mindful of what we uh, were supposed to do when we were working and paying off everything so you have to really make sure you have these conversations with yourself with your spouse with your family um because it affects everyone and that's your immediate community right there let me say this this is the book women building wealth um that that i that i um, last published and this is the wholeheartedly encouraged activity leading to happiness and it doesn't solely talk about finances it talks about um some of everything from clarity, education, leadership, and leadership from within, you can't, it's, 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 it's impossible for us to lead our family as well as our community if we're not leading ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we have to know what to do when it comes to what we want in life. So that's what wholeheartedly um, encourage activity leading to happiness to do something every day. What is your vision and how are you going to break your vision down um, every month, every week and every day? You should not go a day without doing something that's going to lead toward your happiness and whatever that happiness is um, eradicating all debt. Or paying off some sort of credit card, uh, putting money towards your retirement, whether your happiness is your health, you need to do that. You need to do that, and that's activity every day.
1: But here, where can <laughs> we get your
2: Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> can you
3: repeat the title of your book again? I sure can. It is Women Building Wealth. Mm. Yes. A wealth of information in that book as well. Thank you. Yes, it is. I have uh one last question for sure. you. And we we something we mentioned earlier about uh brown girls do invest. Can you talk a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, and I am you can't even see this shirt, but I am happily wearing <laughs> I see it, I see it. <laughs> my as my walking billboard. Um, brown girls do invest. It was a thought back in 2014, and the reason why um, I started is because so many people sat in front of me and they were like, okay, by yeah, I trust you to invest my money, but I really don't know how this works. I have no idea what stocks consist of. Um, I overheard some people talking about real estate. I, I don't know what to do. So I started Brown Girls Do Invest officially in February of 2016 and it became um, a 501c3 in October of the same year 2016. What we do is not only in um, the school corporations we visit and we have after school programs, weekend programs, and summer programs for the students to educate them, we do for the adults as well. Um, and as I said before, with when it comes to adults, we have we have speakers and experts across the board on how you are how investing one-on-one as far as starting out, what is a stock? What do I look for? How does it work? What should I invest in? How should I invest? We recently had um, a conference, telephone conference, um, investing in the stock market for broke folk. (laughs) A lot of people think that they cannot do it. So we had a um, a, um, conversation about that as well. Um, And then we also have our experts when it comes to real estate, and they educate you on acquiring um, through tax liens, uh, foreclosures, um, um, rehabs, things of that nature, um, or just being a landlord, uh, multiple streams of income. How How can you have multiple streams of income? A lot of us have so many Hidden gems and hobbies, and I'm not the type of person to say leave your nine to five and just go and pursue everything. Most of us need our nine to five to finance our vision. So use that as an income for yourself, and start pulling out different ways you can um, have your multiple streams of income. And that's what we do. Is again, from 100 and I'm sorry, from 12 years old to 112 years old. Um, we are out educating and not only that we we visit different cities as we this year we're going to atlanta which we already sold out to events we're gonna do another one a third one uh, in atlanta we'll be there in march we'll be in chicago because we are in we are in um, chicagoland we'll be in chicago in in um june and uh, we will also be uh, this year we will be in new york mm. And we will be in Houston. In addition to that, we are also visiting HBCUs because we were asked to go. After that, we will be in um, to deliver this message as a panel discussion as well as breakouts. uh, Montgomery, Alabama, um, Washington DC, Charlotte, North Carolina, and Miami. We're also um, not only just when it comes to stocks, because a lot of um, states are legalizing marijuana. We have an expert that talks about cannabis as well, um, from retail to owning mm-hmm. raw land. So for, for people who want, who may not want the retail, uh, and, and as well as want to invest in stocks, how can they get into that particular um, industry? For me, I, I like to do a lot of stuff. I In, in my backyard, because we're, we're on an acre, I have a garden, and I'm always gardening. So for someone who loves to garden, maybe they want to grow hemp so they can purchase a raw land for hemp and and see how they can get into it that way. So we talk about a lot of things of educating um, our community and um, going for it when it comes to finances, with the brown girls do best. So um, it's investing your money. And making it grow for you and the tools that we provide to you not only do we educate you but we provide to you resources for you to leave uh, as a legacy as well and for you to and and, and I love this organization because we have mothers in there with their daughters and with their sons and they're like well we just I want them to know so that they can be ahead of the game uh, compared to where I was at their age so this, this summer, we're actually going to have um, a summer a student summer investment club. Um, and what I'm loving about it is the eight-week program, and we're going to break down investing. So I'm going to have them choose companies. I'm going to start them out with a virtual account of $100,000 and we're gonna invest. So it's not means you can just go in us going in and lecturing, no. We're gonna see how you actually uh, manage your, your account. What you invest in, so we're gonna show them how to look at the trends, look at the performance, the shares, research companies, um, break everything down, and you are going to pick and choose your own investments, and at the very end, you're going to stand up and disclose your portfolio, why you chose certain um, accounts, as well as what is the balance now the asset under management in your portfolio. So starting out with $100,000, you may end up with a million dollars, you may and you may end up with $25,000, but we're gonna ask you why do you have this certain amount of money based on what you pick. And then what I love about this too, all, mm-hmm. the, all the participants, all the students are going to leave with a share. Um, they're gonna own one share of, of Nike. So even if they never, never buy anything, at least now when they walk down that hallway and they see them pair of shoes, and am like, you know what? Your mama just paid me. Thank you for buying them Nikes. thank you for buying them Nikes. It's, it's going to allow them to feel that self-worth. And for me, and that's why I said net worth to me is associated with self-worth. Because when you feel good about yourself, you want to do better in handling your money. A lot of people um, spend their money because they don't feel good about themselves and they don't feel like they value. And it, I don't, and it's not, it's not going to work out for me. So that's what I'm loving about what we do in this organization. So we have ladies across the board, not just across this country, but as well as their expertise as well, so their experience as investment advisors, attorneys. Um, they, they handle taxes, um, they have doctor- They some of everything, and stock traders, option traders. and, and we, it, 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 The conversation is not over the top where you're just gonna walk out with like a dairy-haired license and say, I have no idea what Bahia or anybody else said. No, you're gonna understand everything is spoken and, and broken down in layman's terms where if you sit down in front of an advisor which we encourage you to do when you go back and you say, look, I'm ready to open this account. Now you have positioned yourself to know what questions to ask and not just accept what someone has to say to you to put you in this account because you have sat down in front of somebody who looked like you, who concerns and and comments and education resonates with you. And again, we have armed you with the tools to be your expert as well. So that's, that's what we do with the Brown Girls Doing Best. And I particularly chose Brown Girls Doing Best because of the disparities. We need to catch up. Not that I don't care about anyone else. But I feel like this when, and I'm sure you've heard it in other advisors when they say, well, you know, um, when it comes to your finances, it's like um, riding in an airplane. If the oxygen mask fall down, you put it on first and then you take care of, you know, the other person. Same thing when it comes to brown girls doing best. I feel as though I have to take care and educate our community before I can go and educate someone else's. And provide you with the resources that we have not had in the past so that's that's that is my calling to do
1: we're happy that that's your calling <laughs> <laughs> thank you and i so appreciate you taking your time to come and talk to us you are truly a wealth expert oh. <laughs> thank you
2: i thank thank you you ladies for having me i really do i I was i was looking forward to this as always seriously anytime i can surround myself literally as well as figuratively with a group of women who are on the same accord and want to better everyone not just with the finances but health and anything so that, uh, we can, we can do better in our lives. I was so looking forward to this. So I, wow. I appreciate it.
1: <laughs> Thank you. And I have to mention, because you did tell me that, that Bahia is a member of Sigma Gamma Rho sorority.
2: <laughs> yes, I am. Yes, I am. Proudly,
1: Yes. Yeah. So, um, can you give us any last parting words? And then after that, let us know how people can join Brown Girls to invest, as well as how to get in touch with you for any of your projects. And if they wanna sit down and talk to you. Okay. My,
2: my, my parting words are to not be afraid to discuss what is important to you. As women, we will talk about every everything we would except for our finances and don't be embarrassed don't be secretive Um, don't be shy because you would be amazed that there is another woman going through exactly what you are going through and I truly believe that if we continue to support each other and be a listening ear and share what um, resources we have used or are using, as well as what we are currently using that work with us, um, we can move together going forward. So, and I believe in all of you. I I believe in all of you. I believe in us. We can do it. We can get ourselves together uh, financially as well as spiritually and, and health wise. And because it's, it takes all of it in order for us to be successful. It's not just one thing. What, just like in life, what you do in one situation, transition into the next level. So um, that's my word, uh, my party words, to share with other women what you are doing so that we can move forward. How you can get in touch with, um, as far as brown girls doing best, we are across social media. Um, Just just as that, type in Brown Girls Do Invest on Twitter, um, Instagram, Facebook, um, browngirlsdoinvest.org. You can visit us to see what we are doing, our events, what our mission statement is, our our why, what we do, what we do. Uh, We have uh, pictures and videos of our community of what we have done in the past. Um, you can also reach me, Bahia Shabazz, um, throughout social media as well, um, as well as BahiaShabazz.com. If you want to work with me uh, on a personal level, as far as uh, not just speaking, but uh, what sh- your next step should be financially, because I, I touch on budgeting. Um, I touch on saving. I touch on investing. But not only that, um, I like to sit down with people to see where your head is. Just like you interview me, I interview you. (laughs) Um, Everyone's not ready. Everyone is not ready. Um, As I said before, we have to address the problem. And that's what I like to do with people, address the problem so that we can move on and um, correct anything that you may want to financially, as well as your self-worth. Um, so you can always reach me at um, um And that's it in a nutshell. Don't forget Women Building Wealth is on Amazon. And once again, I appreciate all of you. But please, when you go to browngirlsdoinvest.org, um, you can always sign up for our newsletter. Please join our news- newsletter. It's free to join the organization um, so that you will have access to our various teleconferences as well as webinars mm-hmm. and know when our events are occurring. So then when we do go to your area, um, you can. You can also, and on the website is where you can give a monetary monetary donation. You can also purchase shirts as well as, you um, Um, do in-kind services. All proceeds 100% goes toward our our programs, particularly for the youth, um, because it takes a lot to um, get the youth together to educate them, as well as we have a financial literacy program with the organization that during the month of August, we give out thousands of financial literacy books to um, our young adults before they go back to school, to educate them on banking, credit, as well as investing. So we do that also. All right. Thank you.
3: You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, sis. Appreciate
2: it. No problem. Thank you so much.
1: Well, that's it for this episode of Conversations with the World Empress. We'll see you next week.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of Conversations with the Royal Empress. Tune in next week for another enlightening conversation. For more information on the Royal Empress, please visit the website royalimpress.org. You can also follow the Royal Empress on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Conversations with the Royal Empress is a subsidiary of the Royal Empress Organization, all rights reserved.